0: Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. After many weeks of campaigning, we finally have all the manifestos that matter uh, and some that don't so much. Joining me and Rich to take a look at all the policies that are on the table this Senate election, we have Mark Hooper, former Plaid Cymru candidate. Hello, Mark. Evening. Good evening, sir. We have Emma Wild-Hale, former member of the Welsh Conservative Party. Hello, Emma. Hello. And we have Bob Lloyd, the president of Labour for an Independent Wales. Hello, Bob. Hello, you are right. Um, We have agreed, prior to going live, an order of things. And going first, we have Mr Lloyd to talk about the Labour Manifesto a little bit. Bob, a lot of this manifesto seems to continue on the same path that Labour were going down before. Do you think this manifesto shows any lack of ambition?
1: I think it's uh, very difficult when you're the party in government, um, and you've been the party in government for so long, to sort of say anything more than, and we will continue to do this and we will continue to do that. Essentially, the pandemic has given Mark Drakeford an opportunity to undergo some sort of static regeneration, essentially, to to put to one side uh, the last 22 years of government and say that this is what we actually, now that we've had this massive uh, revolution without actually having a revolution, this is what we're going to do. Labour's gone for a sort of Pledge card style uh, manifesto, rather than the in-depth manifestos that Plaid Cymru has gone for, and the uh, pamphlet that the Conservative Party has gone for, and it's put pretty much square in centre. Its offer after 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 COVID, it's the recovery from COVID. There are also policies that seem to have come out out of the blue, and sometimes when you're reading the manifesto, things like creating a D Valley National Park. Uh, for the first time in 60 years it, it, it feels like sometimes there are policies in there that could have been done way before do
0: you think it's hopeful though i mean people are looking for something to change aren't they and do you think it provides you know they're looking for something to look forward to a sense of hope that things can be better out of the other side of the pandemic do you think it provides hope to people
1: there's a definitely a a, a strong emphasis on uh, the green new deal that the labor party supports uh, and there's a lot of focus on um sort of numbers in the manifesto i think hope wise i i don't know i think i think labor is pretty confident that the job they've done so far is um good enough the one question i did want to ask
0: is a lot i don't know whether it's because they think they're doing the labor think they're doing a good job or because they don't necessarily know if they'll have a majority but a lot of this feels like a manifesto that doesn't require a majority Do you think that's accurate do you think yeah. that's
1: what they've gone for? If you'd asked me before, before the last two polls came out, you know, with the last two polls saying that we're going to get twenty, either twenty-nine seats or twenty-six seats, um, uh, we were looking at, in best case scenario, sort of losing four or five anyway, uh, and that's that's dipped and ebbed and flowed um, between uh, twenty-two to twenty-five. So I don't, I don't think anyone is going through, going forward in this election, hoping that they'll get a majority for this. And you can see in the, um, there's a lot of areas of overlap between the Labour Manifesto and the, and the Plaid Manifesto and the uh, Liberal Manifesto especially as well. Li- uh, Liberals have gone for a uh, continuation theme as well, pretty much.
2: because Labour stole a load of Plaid ideas, Bob.
1: Yeah, well, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's, what, it's what the Labour Party did from the UK, uh, Lib Dems. You know? <laughs> you know, every time the Lib Dems put up a, uh, a good policy, we'd wait about 10 years and then we'd take it. I don't know, it, it, there's a lot of room for compromise and there's a lot of room for... Um, sort of negotiation, essentially.
0: One area I did want to ask you on was, was social care, and don't worry, I won't ask you about the nitty-gritty of, of the social care policy, more, more a question of, of direction. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be happy that basically a large amount of the Labour social care policy seems to be we'll wait for the Conservatives in Westminster to come up with something, can you?
1: No, no. Uh, and this it's sort of symptomatic of a, of a wider problem that the Welsh Labour has at the moment uh, in that we can identify uh, pretty well what the problems are. Uh, we know uh, what the Holman commission said, we know what the recommendations are um, and we know that, and that, that extends beyond social care that goes to uh, you know, employment and uh, issues with access to justice as well. It goes to the heart of the policing debate that we've had in the, in the country for the last few months. Uh, we know what the uh, problems are but because of our commitment to uh, the union essentially we, we we're sometimes afraid to say to say what needs to be said uh, and we have the, we do have i think this psychological dependency um and it's a financial dependency as well you know that, that it's born out of reality um on the uk government doing things first, it's, it's it's almost a sort of get out of jail free card because we know we haven't got um the funding for, for this sort of stuff. And we know we haven't got the powers over this sort of stuff. So instead of saying, uh, you know, we'll do our best to sort of work around it uh, and pull as many strings as possible. We're sort of, re- we are relying on the UK government at the moment for a lot of this stuff.
0: So obviously you, you are the, the president of Labour for an Independent World. So do you be able to tell people listening a little bit about what the constitutional position is now in the Labour Manifesto?
1: Uh, the the constitution position in the Labour manifesto uh, kind of took us by, well, didn't take us by didn't take us by, by surprise. Didn't come out of nowhere. Um, but the fact that it was so um, blatantly federalist uh, straight away when the debate in the party has barely started uh, did take us by surprise. Essentially, what Labour wants is um, federalism within the UK. How that's achieved isn't talked about much at all uh, and when you, read the, when you read the manifesto there's not much detail put to, put to federalism and then the party wants to establish independent commission to consider the future of Wales and the constitutional future but before the commission has even been put in place the Labour Party has announced that it wants federalism to be the conclusion. This is not the preferred position <laughs> of the Labour Party for me. It is a significant departure I think from where we used to be. The Labour Party used to be a uh, anti-devolution uh, well first of all it was a it was a home ruler party uh, and then it became sort of centralist through Clement Attlee and then it went to or it went towards uh, supporting devolution to the extent where it put put it up to a referendum and then the Welsh Labour Party couldn't agree on what happened uh, on on what position to take in that referendum. Uh, and now we are a firmly uh, sort of reformist federalist party. You know, these things take time and it takes um, a lot of work behind the scenes and it takes a lot of work, you know, in front of the scenes as well. But I don't know. When you, when you look, though, at the uh, sort of rhetoric around the manifesto, around uh, specifically the constitutional aspect of the manifesto, it has, you know, has some banging lines that aren't in the Plaid Cymru manifesto at all. You know, This comes from us Uh, the UK government has betrayed Wales that that would not happen that would not be in a unionist manifesto um, especially not a Labour one Uh, it says despite the cultural vandalism of the UK government things like this you know devolution itself is now under serious threat from the UK government without a mandate from the people of Wales where take back control soundbite has become a rallying call for the centralization of power to Whitehall you know we've seen through the polling in the last year last year or two that the majority of welsh labor supporters support independence and the rhetoric in the manifesto seems to suggest seems to suggest that the party understands that it's good enough <laughs> for now but you know this is not the this is not the independence manifest uh, there's not the independence election uh it was it was never going to be the independence election independence will not be won in this senate uh, term it will not be won especially in two weeks time so i think we can uh, be comfortable with where the Labour Party is now, uh, and hope that we can move on, move the Labour Party, and move the discussion on in the next few years.
0: Thank you, Bob. You can stand down for a minute. We're going to Thanks move on the to Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to Mr. Hooper. So, um, Mark, this Plaid manifesto comes in at a whopping 126 pages. It is a huge, huge document. Do you think this is uh, evidence of a soaring ambition for Wales, or, or a bit of a muddled lack of direction? Yeah, when we
2: spoke, if you remember, we spoke uh, about what I wanted or expected or hoped for from a Plaid um, manifesto, so and I'm not going to take the fifth, Bob. I'm going to say it as it is. You know, I- I'm not sure this is delivering um, the ambition that Wales needs, I think it's interesting. You asked Bob the question about whether this is um, whether Labour's uh, pro- proposals were sufficient, and he, said, and he said they were, you know, good enough. Wales can no longer do with good enough, you know. And there's a there's an element of some of the Plaid has being squeezed into this, and it feels as though this is a bit, it's it's a little bit there, you know. And, and it shouldn't be you know Wales is absolutely in need of hope direction leadership change and I think that that Wales as a as a country could 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 go behind that change narrative and this tries it a bit but it doesn't come through you know it's a bit like it's in you know, you, you, you're eating the trifle and forgetting about the cherry on the top. You know, it's just, you don't get it all. And I I don't think it's got it all. If you are ranking where the manifestos are, and I've read them all, it's in the top two. It's, you know, I would say it's, it's equal first with one other, which we might get into in a bit. I really feel sorry for you, Bob, having to talk about the Labour one, because I think the Labour one is, it, and I know this, you know, t- but it is comparative, and you look at it and just think, good enough says so much, doesn't it? Good enough says so much. And, and actually, you know, this is, is challenging. I think there are things in there that talk to a, um, the way a coalition might build. I think that's clear. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily in, in some ways, but I don't think it's good enough. And none of, the, none of the manifestos, and I include Clyde in this, and this is probably where my frustration is, Really recognize the the place we're in as a country, the place we're in as a world. Um, you know, they all talk about green new deals. None of them really come up with the the goods as to what that means. Um, and it's a narrative that people just no one reads it. So 126 pages, you know, average Joe Penta public, you know, they won't read this, but they'll listen to the leaders and. I was talking to Emma earlier, um, and it was on Twitter, on direct message. And one of the things that we were, sa- that we were saying is it comes down to, to the leader as well. And I think there is a bit. I think Adam has done well so far in the debates. I think he's probably been someone who's, who's led a little bit from the front. So that's part of it. That that'll help. But you know, the detail could have been, it could have been more, should have been more. Um, and the opportunities there, because I think. Now, if there's ever a gap in UK politics that Welsh politics should be striding into, it's today. You know, the, the, the UK government is all over the place, and this is the time to challenge it, I think. So, um,
0: so I'm you know, happy-ish. Hmm. You, you say there's, there's not enough. I mean, it's, there's no way that any party, even with, oh, maybe if they had 60 seats, <laughs> but would be able to achieve everything that's in this document in one term. But by not enough, it's not about
2: you can fill stuff, can't you? But if the stuff isn't actually going to change things sufficiently, then that's not enough. You know, that so isn't right. There's so it's a, all filler, no killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah well done. <laughs> um, but it feels like it needs, um, you know, we need to simplify the political narrative, not complicate it. And I think that's some, the opportunity that could have happened. And, it, you know, the simple stuff is that things aren't working. I think there's a big, you know, the, the, the manifesto starts off by deconstructing the UK. Well, I, Wales is through that. You know, we are we are all, we all recognise the UK isn't working. What we don't have is the solution beyond current UK settlement. And I think, so that's quite interesting. And the blame is quite clearly laid on not having all the powers on it. And it is there, you know, it, it is there talking about um, independence which is part of it but I agree with Bob, this isn't the independence election at all um, and to try and think it is, is a, is a
0: mistake Well yeah, a lot of this is just a vision for an independent Wales isn't it, rather than a genuine programme for government do you think that putting all this into a, a document saying vote for us and this will happen is a bit dishonest to voters though Well
2: now I'm, now I'm going to plead the fifth I think um, I, I don't think it's dishonest, I think it's a manifesto isn't it, you know, manifestos are all dishonest aren't they you know they're 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 not real i don't think so um you know it's detailed it's big it's it's what it is what it is i think there are things that i would you know i struggle to see in financial transaction capital in there you know those are the the this is old style economics you know and even the the assessment of the process and the assessments being done by economists of the old world you could argue says something where there's mistake you know there's opportunities I, I picked out something from the green manifesto when I was going through them and, and they actually mentioned modern monetary theory which would be great if that was plugged into some of this you know if we're going to be different this is how you
0: might start to do it so uh, I'm going to ask about everybody's favorite applied policy I mean you may not like it but I know for a fact mr. Lloyd does uh, the promise for an independent Wales to have its own Eurovision entry. Uh, What were your immediate thoughts when you saw that in the manifesto? You're asking me now? I can ask Mr Lloyd as well, but I'm sure sure he'll he'll pop in. But what was your immediate thought?
3: (laughs) Um, It's just... I couldn't care less to be... <laughs> Fair enough. I bet you ran straight to a keyboard, got out that chord book from second uh, from secondary school, and you were banging out those tunes. No problems. <laughs> I'd love to see you play at uh, Eurovision, Mark. That'd be hilarious. I was a singer in
0: my youth. I oh. know. Well, I uh, think we now know why that's in the manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, what did you make of it? Because I remember talking to you at the time, and you, you thought it was for the best thing in the Thai manifesto.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I, it I... You know, I love this. the The big concern I I want to see some detail on this proposal, uh, because the the ma- the major concern is Wales's membership of the European Broadcasting Union has to be, you know, that has to be at the forefront of any other uh, ambition to be in Eurovision. We already compete in the Eurovision Choir of the Year. We already compete in Junior Eurovision. You know, if we're talking about um, big cultural independence, you know, and, and putting ourselves in. in in front of the world, this is the perfect stage. This is the Euros of the... <laughs> I'll stop there, I'll stop there. I'll stop there. <laughs>
0: uh, Mr Hooper, thank you very much. We're going to talk to, to Emma now. Um, Emma, so you, you've you you've recently left uh, the Welsh Conservatives, um, but is this manifesto enough to tempt you back? If, you, if this was in, in isolation, would this be enough to sort of tempt you back into the Welsh Conservative fold?
4: No, I don't think so. I'm pretty nonplussed across the board with most of them to be honest and um sort of talking to Mark earlier and I sort of said, is it, is it just me or is everybody kind of to a degree, apart from the M4 Relief Road, um, courtesy of Mr RT, is everybody kind of saying the same thing pretty much? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit underwhelmed, I guess. I, I sort of left the party for various reasons, partly the direction. I, I think the Welsh Conservatives, when I joined, were very much Welsh Conservatives. And I think that's gone backwards slightly. I'm not sure that's a good thing, really. No is the answer to the question. It wouldn't. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, I mean, with a promise to build an M4 relief road, a pledge to keep free free prescriptions and a promise to keep the pledge of a million Welsh speakers by 2050, is this just the 2016 Labour manifesto, but in blue?
4: I'm not honestly sure. I mean, the the M4 relief road, it has no bearing on anything for me where I live in mid Wales. And, you know, I, I think coming from that background of being sort of distinctly mid and rural Wales you know we've we've been ignored by all parties really to to, to varying degrees is it is it really conservative I I mean again I don't know because I think you know from an economic point of view yeah we're going to sort of build back better we're going to we're going to create 65 thousand i think it was new jobs and we're we're going to sort of improve apprenticeships we're going to have a new economic quango type agency i don't think there's that much that distinguishes it from from the others except for the the the, the union slant you know which, which is obviously clear I, I'm really interested also to kind of understand where, where this massive pot of money's coming from that, that the Labour Party, uh, well, that the Welsh government, shall we say, doesn't seem to have had for the last 22 years. But now all of them seem to have kind of found a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for the next five years. So, you know, and that's not just a Conservative manifesto point. It's, you know, where is the money coming from to do this stuff?
0: So I've asked you whether you think it's particularly Conservative. Do you think that it's particularly... Welsh, do you think that, because this feels to me like a the language in this manifesto seems very different to the sort of populist stuff that people like Archie Davis and Darren Miller have been talking about for the last six months or so. It feels, it almost feels like someone came in from Whitehall and neatened it around the edges. Do you think that that's that's, that's what's happened or do you think that the Welsh, Welsh Conservatives have just gone, we need to scale this back uh, in order to try and win? I, I-
4: no, I mean, I, th- I think so. So much for me seems to have changed within the Welsh Conservative Party uh, over the, the period of probably the last six months. Um, you know, in, in terms of kind of direction of travel, in terms of selection processes, um, kind of candidates that are selective, the kind of the the, the narrative that seems to have come out um it seems to have taken a, a turn for me I I don't think it's distinctly Welsh enough um personally uh, and I think that that, that and I, th- I think it's the poorer for it um to be honest um you know there are a lot of people in the party that that would disagree with me and and you know quite frankly don't want the assembly to be there at all so so you know <laughs> Could you say it's perhaps geared towards those people rather than than, than people like me who kind of respect the devolved settlement, um, albeit don't think it's worked for the last 22 years? I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that, that might have been input from headquarters.
0: Do you think this was just the natural direction of travel for the Welsh Conservatives? They were always going to end up at this point where they put out a sort of...
4: I, I don't uh, know. I don't know. I mean, I think... I think the pandemic, the pandemic coupled with the results of the general election, I think in 2019, has has kind of moved goalposts in 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 all sorts of areas. Um, You know, I I think I'm not entirely sure where they're going, to be honest.
0: Does the pandemic explain things like the change to support free prescriptions? Because you I would I would never have thought that that was going to be in uh, a Welsh conservative before.
4: I, I don't know where that's come from. Um, I mean, I I had a bit of a full on debate because I made the mistake of commenting on Twitter, as you sometimes do, um, about the issue of free prescriptions. And, and, you know, the point I was making was I, I quite often feel guilty as an individual for having free prescriptions when I'm in a position where I could afford them, you know, um, That said, I think on the whole, uh, the the bureaucracy of of taking that policy away um, and the cost of doing it probably would outweigh the benefits. But yeah, I I suppose that that is a bit of a surprise. Um, You know, there there are elements there of um, stuff that I think is good stuff. Um, I I do think having had some experience with uh, the Welsh government structures, in the context of being involved with the with the potential midwell's growth deal etc that um that there's a lot to be said for simplifying those strict structures and maybe going back to the wda type style arrangements and and simplifying the bureaucracy so i I like some of the stuff in there about that um as long as it's done well i'm 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 disappointed in that respect i think if we were going to go out to win it there are things that you know, that could have been done better and differently uh, and not just in the manifesto, but in just the whole direction of travel in the last six or eight months, really.
0: Thank you, Emma. I know Rich has a a couple of follow ups he he wants to ask, so I'll I'll hand over to him.
3: In Wales, it it wasn't that long ago, it was, you know, what, six six months ago, that there was this genuine um, sense that the abolished bros were taking over the Conservative Party in South Wales and that it was essentially going to become an abolished manifesto. And then they've all gone very quiet. And now we've had a change of leadership, slight tweaking around the edges, and then the manifesto gets published and it doesn't have... It, well, it focuses on everything that isn't any of the talking points that Andrew R.T. Davis has been talking about in you know, a series of very good leadership interviews, including some really astute questions from some great podcast hosts. So now that you're kind of outside it, Emma, I mean, what, do, what, what is a Conservative in Wales? What, what's the identity of that party? But also in your heart, what do you think it should be? What, what's the gap between the reality and what you think the, you know, the kind of desirable characteristics of the Conservative Party in Wales is?
4: Personally speaking, I mean, I've, I've always been quite central, sort of c- central in my views. I've, I've never been ultra right wing. I'm conservative, probably more on an economic basis than a social basis. So, so I'm kind of very much sort of middle of the road, you know, to the point where I I, I voted for Blair in 1997 when I was a student, you know, and I, I was a member of the Labour Party for a small short period of time. But um, you know, I shouldn't have just admitted that in public, but I have done.
3: But, but it's interesting, you talk, you talk like that, that's exactly the kind of conservative everybody thought that Boris Johnson was going to be before Brexit.
4: I don't know whether he is or he isn't. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take the fifth on that one, um, but- um, Look, This is
3: not America. You don't get to plead an amendment to a I, constitution I, that isn't ours.
4: I just think, I think for me, I mean, I joined the party in 20, sort of 2016, I think it was. And I, I joined it because of the Welsh Conservatives. Very much more than because of anything that was going on with England, if you like. I kind of liked a lot of what was being said. I thought it was sensible. I, I thought it was geared towards Wales, you know, rather than being tied up in in sort of UK politics. And I quite liked that. And I and I thought that they they could genuinely challenge to take over and to and to effect some real change for the benefit of Wales, which you know. I think is is sorely needed after 22 years. Uh, And and I think think Wales outside of of South Wales, um, I I don't think enough has been done, which is my biggest problem. There are lots and lots of great people in the Welsh Conservative Party. You know, there are lots of great, moderate, sensible people in the Welsh Conservative Party. Susie Davis, who was kind of my inspiration really for going through the trauma of trying to get on the candidates list and wanting to stand, um, is a massive loss huge huge loss to the party um, and to the Senate Uh, you know you've got people like Angela Byrne standing down David Melding there are lots of people like them who we should not be losing and we should be cloning and we should be promoting sensible candidates in my view and I'm not convinced that's happening across the board at the moment we're losing people that we shouldn't be
3: that's really interesting. You talk about, you know, I mean, essentially what you're talking about is that the kind of centrist or liberal wing of the Conservative Party seems to have seems to be very much on the wane with the kind of personalities, the leadership that is leaving the party. And that's weirdly coinciding with the death of the Liberal Democrats or the Liberals as a, you know, as a party of parliament in Wales as well. I mean, then they don't have an MP in Westminster uh, from Wales and they only have one. And possibly only hopes of having one in the next Senate as well. I think one of the things that strikes me about that is that if you were to identify potential coalition partners for the Conservatives in the future, I think that the opportunity for any partnership between Plaid Cymru and the Conservatives is long long gone. Um, that, that had a brief moment in 2007 where it was potentially viable, but I think they've diverged too far now. So the only potential other... Uh, coalition partner apart from the kind of abolish UKPN which I, I just don't think would be politically palatable would have been the Liberal Democrats um, and that the, they have disappeared as a party as soon at the same time as the the Liberal wing of the Conservatives party and I, I just wonder where are all the Liberals going?
4: That is a really good question I mean I, I know of several people who ha- are no longer members of the Liberal Democrat party and, and actually who've who've kind of stopped being members of the Liberal Democrat Party in Wales about the same time that I, I cancelled my membership of the Tory party. And um, what, what they say to me is that they're not sure what the Welsh Liberal Democrats stand for anymore. The direction, again, it's a direction of travel thing, you know, that the direction of travel that the Liberal Democrats seem to have taken is not the traditional Welsh Liberal Democrat Alex Carlyle you know, people like that, and and th- their voters don't like it. I mean, parachuting in candidates, and I, I, I'm not just blaming the Lib Dems here because I'm quite I'm quite aware that all parties do that, including the Welsh Conservatives. I I, I I can't answer that question, but I think there is a massive massive gap that is just waiting to be filled to pick those voters up, and I don't think any of the current parties do it.
2: You know, I lament the loss of people like Susie Davis, David Meldin and the rest of them. Whether you agree with them or not, they were people who reached across the aisle. They were liked by lots of people when they spoke. People listened. They were never shouty. You know, they're, they all, I think, are a loss to our to our parliament. You know where the Tories are, I, I, but it actually, doesn't matter, does it? Because the Tories aren't going to form a government. No one, want, you know, no one wants to work with them. It, the government will be formed elsewhere that comes out of this election. So. Their voice is is very difficult to see a way forward. And as as for the Lib Dems, you know today's polls suggest they're going to pick up Brecken and Ragnar. And I like Bill Powell, but I like just can't see it.
1: Yeah, I can I can answer where the liberals have gone. 2016, I was one of the authors of the Cardiff University Liberal Democrat Society. I was a member of the Lib Dems um, from 2015. I joined in 2010 part of that wave of Nick Clegg supporters, that he was the first person that ever politicized me. I think I think what's happened is, uh, especially, maybe, especially since Brexit, people have been forced to make a choice now and standing in the middle isn't good enough. That sort of leads on sensibly to uh, what we're gonna recover to from the pandemic. Recovering to normality or to what life was like before uh, the pandemic and what life was like before Brexit even, uh, Is not an option. That's It's not on the cards. It's either you stand with the modern Conservatives now who are essentially cheerleaders for Boris Johnson now. And and people if, if people like David Meldin and uh, Angela Burns and Susie Davis stayed in the Welsh Conservative Party and were in the Senate the group there, they would have really challenged Labour for that sensible ground, that quote-unquote sensible ground in the middle there. I would, have, I would have really worried for Labour's prospects then. But they've sort of pushed on to Boris Johnson. It's either them or it's you pick the Labour Party. Who, who, who's opposed to the Tory party? It's the Labour Party. you know, And even if you're not so much of a socialist a social, or, or, or if you're a social democrat that would, would fit within the Liberal Democrats, Labour Party, like Plaid, is a broad enough church to um, accommodate you. So I think that's where the Liberals have gone. They've come to us and they've come to Plaid. Uh, I think they've run a million miles away from the Tory party ever since the end of the coalition.
0: Let me take a guess then on the manifesto that I think you and uh, Mark have been talking about. Is it the Green Party manifesto? Do you, Bob, Mark, did you want to talk about anything from that manifesto that you found particularly interesting?
2: So I, I quite like the Greens in some ways. Um, I think they are. Um, they've got a. It would be good if they were in the Senate. I think there would be a voice that would would be an improvement, um, in the Senate. They've, conversation about independence is probably even more um, direct now than it was so it seems that they've warmed to the subject and they've decided this is clearly where we're going to be but they, i feel like they've said it for good reason you know the reasons we need these things to be um in there you know it's in my it's in my top um you know just below applied obviously but it's it's uh, i think it's a good set of proposals it's well thought through and it seems like they've got some candidates who would be a real um addition to the to the Senate and roll on you know a 90 member Senate where this becomes normal that we have good people from different parties and I know that means we'll have you know the likes of and I have done some work on propel abolish glad reform and UKIP as well if
3: you want to hear those but there's only really two words for most of them. <laughs> I cannot, can I just quickly jump in on that, because that was one of the things I was going to mention when you were talking about all of the manifestos earlier, all three of you. The future of the Senate, the reason why, ultimately, the reason why there are no Greens in the Senate, there's no coalition partners or potentially even future for the Liberals in the Senate, is that the Senate form is so suboptimal. It's, it is completely dysfunctional as a 60-seat parliament. What do you make of the various parties' proposals to change that? Or not, or absence of proposals to change that?
2: Well, I think we've got clarity. So there's a bunch who signed up to the McAllister Review, which I think is the way it should be. And then you've got a bunch who are clearly saying we shouldn't have any more reform, we shouldn't have any more MSs, and I think we're, we're weaker for that.
3: Um, I think we should be clear about who, who has said what, Mark?
2: Okay, so the Plaid have signed up for the McAllister review to have more MSs. The Greens, um, the Lib Dems have, I think. Who else? Labour, Bob, are they? I think
1: it's it's not sort of explicitly put in there, um, but we have already signed up. You know, the South the South um, Committee with Dawn Bowden has already committed us to you know increasing the number of MSs. It's annoying that we didn't do it now, and we've already committed to. Changing the system, the voting system from first past the post and this sort of stupid system list system that we've got at the moment to STV or a more proportional system. Uh, there's nothing really major about reform in there, but that's where that's where the the reform is going to come from. As long as we've got the super majority of forty seats between Labour, Applied and Bill Powell, you know, we'll be okay.
0: Emma, what do you think? What you... it's it's nor politicians are not always particularly popular but do you think that that is what's making the decisions in these politicians mind it's a question of popularity of this policy rather than whether they think it's the right thing or not
4: weirdly I've come sort of almost well three quarters of full circle on this really um I I voted no in the initial devolution vote I didn't want a Senate. I actually took part in. I think it was 2018. It was it was a it was a study that uh, Professor uh, Diana Sturber was doing um, on barriers, uh, you know, to 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 you know being part of the Senate. And I, it kind of like it, it was a bit of a light bulb moment for me because I realised that actually the issue is not with the Welsh Assembly. The issue is with the Welsh Government um, for me. And and taking part in that was was quite eye opening, really. And, and also speaking to people who are MS's, uh, you know, so, so people from within the party and, and looking at the level of work that they are trying to do, you know, particularly from an opposition point of view, when you're trying to scrutinise Welsh government, you know, it's, it's really difficult to do when there's not enough of you. Uh, and when your time is being split too thinly across committees, I've gone the other way now. I, I actually think that we should increase the number. But I think that has got to be linked to some, oh, those people are elected. I don't like the regional lists. Um, I think the idea that I'm going to pick a name out of the air, that Neil Hamilton can properly represent the whole of Mid and West Wales, or actually anybody can properly represent the whole of somewhere like Mid and West Wales, is just a nonsense. Uh, I, I would much prefer to see... A different way of doing it. So, so instead of having those list members, that, that you know, whether you have additional constituency members or whether we change it, to, we have an STV, whatever. If you come to the conclusion that we have got a Welsh Assembly and it's here today, whether you then go as far as independence, which I personally at this moment wouldn't, um, or this whether moment. you at this moment, you, you know, don't get excited, Hooper, don't get excited. Um, but you know, I, I don't agree with independence. I'm going to say at this moment because I like I like you to think that you've still got a chance. Um, but I think if you accept that the assembly is here to stay, um, then I think for it to work effectively, there's not enough members of it, um, I think for it to work more effectively, we need a change in, in, in government, but that's a different question. Uh, but I think you will always then have people who just will not accept that it's here to stay and are always going to want to scrap it. And I, I, I think those people probably are just wasting their time because I don't think that is ever gonna happen. You know, If you're a sensible person and you accept it's here to stay, then what you have got to want as, as, a, as a Welsh person is for it to work as effectively as it can. Um, And I don't think it is at the moment.
3: This particular subject, every interview um, that is carried out in the media couches this question in the idea that people don't want more politicians. I think there's two aspects that are often overlooked there. I think people do want more, brackets, good politicians, and what they want is fewer, brackets, bad politicians. We need fewer Neil Hamiltons and we need more David Meldings and people like that. Uh, And I think also... The parties that often say that they don't want more politicians are in the process of either sustaining bloated numbers of politicians elsewhere or proposing new politicians. Like the Conservative Party is proposing more elected mayors for England and new new posts all over England and is maintaining the PCC structure in Wales, which nobody wants. And And the Labour Party is in the process of maintaining the huge numbers of local government councillors, which Wales is hugely overrepresented at local government, while not being particularly clear or bold about its ambitions for the Senedd because it's scared of proposing more politicians. And I think that 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 idea that people don't want more politicians, so we've all got to not talk about it very much, is completely the wrong way to go around Senedd reform. You look at Senedd reform in the round, and just think about how you redraw the whole thing and, and rather than just focusing on whether it should be 60 or 90, I think people should be more honest, more bold and more ambitious than simply using the too many politicians cop out. That's my, my mini rant over.
2: I agree. You know, I completely agree with you, Richard. What we need is we need the thing to do the job that it's expected to do and if we continue to carry on as we are, then we will get bad laws, badly scrutinised, poor ambition and things like that. And that, and that I, again, you know, that's how I started coming, talking about these manifestos. I think the, man, the ambition of them is, is just a little bit less than it should be.
0: Well, I think we've talked about the manifestos enough just for a minute, but it's time, as I promised Emma, it's time for a little quiz. It's time to play a game. We're going to play a game of whose policy is it anyway? I'm going to say 10 policies, write down who you think it is, and then we'll see who wins at the end. So, starting off with number one this party will introduce a Clean Air Act and examine the case for a junk food tax. Policy number two this party will freeze business rates for the life of the next Senate and in the long term. Replace business rates with a fairer, more supportive system. Number three. This party will introduce a mandatory study of French, German, Spanish or Italian in the first year of primary school and ensure continuity between primary and secondary school language studies. Over time, this party would also seek to fund a broader range of languages such as Russian and Mandarin at secondary level. Policy number four. This party would explore reform of a school day, and the school year to bring more both in line to bring both more in line with the contemporary pans of family life and employment policy number 5 this party would review environmental legislation particularly that relating to co2 emissions and modify or repeal regulations that unfairly penalize welsh manufacturers number 6 this party would elect the senate on a completely proportional basis number 7 this party advocates a four day week to share work opportunities and respond to the greater automation and digitisation of manufacturing and services. Number eight, this party would end the 1 million Welsh speakers target. Number nine, this party would create a fast charging network of 20,000 electric car charging stations. And finally, policy number 10, this party would establish a Welsh national energy company, majority owned by the Welsh Government and local authorities, for conventional extraction of Wales' known gas reserves in former coal mines. Now, I'm not going for any of the big headline ones, but there's a couple here where I think you may, may get a little confused. So we'll see how if everyone's answered those questions. Number one, uh, Clean Air Act and examining the case for a junk food tax. Any guesses there? I, no. think, that, I
1: think that's us. Clyde, Camry Clyde. Uh. See, now we're going to say everything that I've done Labour and everything that I've done plied is going to be the opposite, isn't it? So there's the big coalition there. <laughs> There's the ticket. Okay, number two.
0: Freeze business rates to the life of the next Senate, and in the long term replace business rates with a fair and more supportive system. Any guesses? Is that a Lib Dems? That is indeed the Lib Dems. Fantastic. Good answer, I've Emma. I
4: have read something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> number three. I will be shocked if any of you get this. So this is introduce the mandatory study of French, German, Spanish, Italian, first year of primary school, and ensure continuity over time. Seek to fund broader range of languages, including Russian and Mandarin. Any guesses? UKIP. Oh. UKIP. UKIP. It's UKIP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did you all know that?
3: It's the Mandarin. What? It was <laughs> the Russian. For me. It was the Russian. I just figured there'd be some Russian I've money I've in there somewhere.
2: You've written UKIP, and I changed it. So I'm going. I'm going to change. Take...
4: <laughs> what did you change it to?
2: No, I, I thought Glad then when he was, but I, UKIP was where I started, so I'm having it
0: okay number four reform of the school day and school year bringing both more in line with contemporary patterns of family life and employment any guesses Mr. red Reload? green again
1: <laughs> either one of them it's labor Yeah, it's yes, a yes, labor yes, yes,
0: answer yes, so. yeah yeah okay <laughs> uh environmental legislation relating to co2 emissions and repeal leg- regulations unfairly penalized welsh manufacturers any guesses oh. glad indeed it was indeed glad glad Next, next, elect the Senate on a completely proportional basis. Any guesses? So I think this could be Propel.
1: Any other guesses? We're in UKIP again. It is reform.
4: Oh, ah. I put that. I genuinely put that. <laughs> I just wasn't going to shout it out because I thought it was wrong, and I'd sound stupid.
0: Absolutely correct. OK, four-day working week. Green oh. be the Greens, isn't it? surely? Greens, indeed, it was the Greens. Uh. End the one million Welsh speakers target. Keepers. Tories. You uh, can abolish. Oh, oh
1: they've got policies.
0: Yeah, not Riky. many. It's mostly end stuff that's happened. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately create a fast charging network of twenty thousand electric car charging that's stations. Definitely Tories, surely. Because Tories. they want more ro- they want yeah. more cars because they're gonna more put roads, all these yeah, exactly. wonderful union highways everywhere. Yeah. Tories it is indeed. Finally, the last one. Establish a Welsh national energy company, majority owned by the Welsh government and local authorities for conventional extraction of Wales' known gas reserves in former... The one-man band party. Propel. Propel is indeed Propel. Now, uh, I don't know if anyone was playing at home, but scores in the chat, see who won. But between our our competitors here, Mr Lloyd, what did you get?
1: Oh, I got five out of ten. It's not bad. Also five here.
0: Five Rich Mark? Six. Six. Emma? You complete swat.
4: I got five <laughs> as well.
0: Oh, so oh. Here we have a winner, is Mr Hooper.
3: The first ever Hiraith pub quiz champion, uh, Mr Mark Hooper. And you know, deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> deservedly Although, so
4: that shouldn't really count because...
1: Oh, he, he, gave you, Kip, it, he? he gave himself a point for you, didn't he?
4: And gave himself a point back.
1: Oh, rumbled!
0: Busted. <laughs>
1: This is like Eurovision 1969, where the top three drew. There we go.
0: Well, it's a draw here, which is you know they're, you're all equally geeky. But, you know, speaking of these, some of these parties, you know, they don't always get a, a fair crack of the whip. But what you know, I, I mean, they they don't poll very well. So it's a I suppose the question I've got for you all now, really looking at some of the smaller parties' policies, is should there be a presumption that these parties should get Equal media coverage should they be invited to debates?
4: I suppose it, from a democ- democratic point of view, yeah, everybody should be given equal airtime if they're a party. But you know, realistically speaking, it's it's just not going to happen, is it? That, no, I, I don't think they should all be given equal airtime on on a TV debate because you've only got so many hours in a day.
0: Bob, what do you think? Because I mean, we've talked a lot, uh you know, off camera and stuff about what the right sort of balance is mm. between parties you know if you if you stand in every seat should you get onto the debates if you stand on all the lists should you get on the debates what where's the balance kefan
1: i have some sympathy with the bbc to be fair on, on their decision to include um abolishing the leadership debates um but if, there has to be some responsibility as well uh for induced support as a result of all this um we saw it in 2016 with ukips you know, ultimately, 2016, the, the referendum in, uh, for the European Union was the was the culmination of the BBC's insistence on putting forward UKIP as the home wrecker of the party of the political parties, essentially. Whereas the you know the the issue of the European Union wasn't even on the table for up until 2013, 2014. But because the BBC had pushed this party that happened to be a, a belligerent suddenly it became one of the biggest issues there was, and the Tory party felt they had to respond to it. Maybe we could adopt a, a sort of American system. They have, is it 15% you need to get onto the leadership debate? That's the presidential debate. You need 15% support. Is that what Ross Perot got? Split the re- Republican ticket?
0: You could have some sort of independent commission, though, couldn't you, that had a set of criteria that may Yeah. May I,
1: uh, it's It's our sort of, it's our... Fault as a country really, a lack of maturity in doing this because 2010 was the first time we ever did anything like that and it sort of all rested on a personal agreement between Gordon Brown, David Cameron and Nick Clegg. If that's what we're building off then you know no wonder we're in the doldrums now when it comes to choosing who to put on the platform.
2: So, so I think they need the cold light today to to be exposed as well so there's, there is a need for them to be be out there you know reading through them there there are people who've given it more thought i I don't agree with a lot of it glad i've given a lot of thought to what they're standing for there's a there's a lot of detail in there what's wrong what they want to change and what's um, and so there's there is that and then you've got others who just say our contract to wales day when i'm going to do this day 100 i'm going to do this and it's very it's very limited so i think there's um they they do need exposing and pushing through so i you know i'm Comfortable. I think if we want the sort of modern, you know, democracy that we all espouse to in Wales, we've got to expect there to be different, lots of different parties, um, and find a way to make it work. I think to assume that that some deserve uh, their place above others just by um, a poll where they were on a poll at a certain point in time is is not good enough. So maybe a, a commission. Needs to be the, the starting point, but hopefully, you know, I'm the one good thing is, come May the seventh, I think we'll have less of these, you know, ragtag bunch of parties in the, in the Senate than we've got currently. I think there will be a dropout, and I think that's that's good because they don't they don't aid it. You know, seeing Nathan Gill again on my tally is not a good thing for for anyone. These are these are people who who don't care about the democracy of Wales, don't care about improving our laws. They take the money, they run, they damage, they destroy Neil Hamilton's the same and others. So I think there are some people who would be, you know, see you
3: later and don't come back. I think that's particularly fair, given that you, if you contrasted parties like Ply Cymru and the SNP, whether you agree with them or not on their primary aims of autonomy for their respective countries or not, when they go to Westminster, they do make a full participation in the committee process, in the debate process, and actually fashioning legislation, you know, for a parliament that they they would rather not be participating in, but they do actually contribute. And the big difference between someone like that and someone who was, I can't remember, you know, that sort of absentee-in-chief... Um, uh, Nathan Gill that when he stepped down you know no one realized he hadn't been there in the first place I mean they're just they're just a waste of money it's perfectly legitimate to stand on a, um, a platform of wanting to disestablish or disconnect from some structure or other but to turn up to get paid for doing a job and then actually actively not do that job as some kind of truculent, you know unhelpful body just spoilers essentially spoilers it just is yeah, you're absolutely right, Mark. We just don't need them. And particularly when you have only 60 members, each each member represents 1.7% of the parliament. And if we've got a handful of people who are there just to pick up a paycheck and and you know enjoy a few interviews on Sunday supplement, you know, a few times a year, then you know it's a complete waste of opportunity. There's a huge cost there for the for the people of Wales.
0: That's given me a fantastic idea for election night, though, see if everyone we get on can remember the names of the original seven UKIP mm-hmm. members elected in 2016. So the question, I'm going to ask Emma this. Um, do the panel, what do the panel think the turnout will be on May 6th? Do you think because of a higher visibility of Welsh government, there'll be a better turnout? Or do you think there's some sort of anger bubbling underneath that may lead to people not bothering to vote?
4: based on how dynamic the manifestos are it's 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 not gonna rally people into into massive action um i, I just I, I think people are still pretty apathetic which is really sad I, I think covid for all of the awful 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 things that 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 it's done uh i think it's made devolution more visible to people um i i think it's made people realize that you know there are things that are different um and actually realize that we do have devolution and we do have a senate and that it does do things that affect your everyday life whether that will be enough to make people get out and vote i don't know is the honest answer i I think we will have slightly increased turnout because i think you've now got 16 and 17 year olds that can vote and and there will inevitably be a group of them that do I don't know what what was the turnout last time? It was about forty something was it? I can't remember. Fifty. This is, this, this is why
0: this is why I have the Senate election tab open in Wikipedia. The turnout in twenty sixteen was forty five point three percent, which was a three point one percent increase on the previous election.
4: Okay, well, I'll I'll go with fifty then, tops.
1: Yeah, I think there'll be a slight increase. Um, I don't think I don't think anyone's really a lot more people. I agree completely with Emma actually, but a lot more people know what devolution is, and or at least are aware of devolution, and they know who Mark Drakeford is. And a lot of people have quite a a reaction, shall I say, to him. You know, either you you like him or you really hate him. Are the emotions running high enough to to be able to, to turn out and vote and want to want to vote? About that, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so.
2: I think it'll be the lowest turnout that we've had, and I think that'll be because some people will be scared of this. So I delivered postal vote letters around my area the other day. I wasn't delivering to every door. You know, everyone should be postal voting in this election to reduce risk, and they haven't. Um, Those people who are keen to vote have got it, and I didn't. It didn't strike me there was enough people who are doing that. So I think it's gonna be quite low. Um, and that suits Labour, and I think it's a shame. I think the, you know, I don't think we're going to have a big turnout amongst younger voters. In fact, I think we'll have a really poor turnout against younger voters, which will look extremely bad on anyone who's involved in politics. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah, you know, quite pessimistic for a good turnout. I hope I'm wrong.
3: One of the opinions that was expressed on our podcast uh, a long time ago, when we did a series on federalism, no, whether the national Welsh national movement was compatible with socialism, we had um, Daryl Leeworthy, Dr. Leeworthy came on the podcast, and I think he made a very good point, which I agree with wholeheartedly, is that if the Senedd continues to fail to get over fifty percent of the electorate turning out for elections, I think that opens the door to the crisis of legitimacy that sees the abolished campaigns continue to thrive. Without wanting to put too much of a point of finger in a, too much of a particular direction, I think it's fair to criticise not just this, but previous uh, Welsh governments um, for having not done enough to make it easier for more people to vote in Senate elections. Because if we have the kind of turnout that Mark is predicting there, I think that will just give an awful lot of sucker to the people like who in, you know within certain wings of the Conservative Party and the people in abolish that really just want to get rid of the whole thing and essentially abolish Wales at the same time as a polity. And I think that's that's a responsibility that the Welsh, this and former Welsh governments haven't lived up to, and I think they need to do more if 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 they need to in the next term.
2: I think if that was on the ballot for a party who were. In the mix. So if the Tories went harder on the reducing the powers of the Senate and things like that, then I think you'd have had a higher turnout. So I think you'd have something to fight for. I think there's there is loads to fight for, and yet it doesn't feel as though there's enough to get people to come out. That's that's the thing. I think you know people vote against things as much as they vote pro things. So what are they against? What are you really against at the moment? And you know
3: that's. that's i tell you to. what I'm really pro, is Go quizzes. Uh, so, I have a oh, quiz of indeed. two halves. Pen and paper at the ready.
4: Oh, okay. So there's
3: two sets of five questions. The first five questions is about manifesto titles during the era of... Deep I've Wilson. written all these down. Oh, no, for this one. Oh. Uh, no, no. So I've not included this year's, because that would obviously be cheating. Or, But I'm sure you can find other ways to cheat if you need to. But... Mm-hmm. Um, the second part of the quiz is about 1999, and some of the quirks and resu- of that first uh, Welsh National Assembly result. So, are you all ready?
0: Was Matthew? You mm-hmm. older? Were you born? When were you born, Matthew? 1991. Bob is the younger. Younger <laughs> here.
1: I was three in
0: 1999. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mute. Let's mute Bob.
3: Uh, No. Uh, So, Mark, you have an inbuilt natural advantage here. So we're expecting you to score better than Bob. No pressure. No pressure. Right. First question on manifesto titles. What have Labour promised to do for Wales in their manifestos over the years? And there are three things they promised to do for Wales in their manifesto titles over the years. Right. Are we all ready? for the next question? You're looking perplexed and slightly disappointed. I mean, I haven't got three, but go on. I go haven't on. got th- yeah, go I'm, on.
4: I'm go one, and I don't mean that's right.
3: <laughs> one is easy. One of them is easy, isn't it? There is one that's all throughout. Yeah. All right, OK. So, uh, second question is, whose manifesto title promised to abolish the Assembly in 2007? Third question, in what year and this is probably, this is really harsh. In what year did two of the main party manifestos and one of the fringe manifestos simply call itself Welsh Assembly Manifesto? (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Uh... Classic Wales. We're not going to come up with a brand. We're just going to call our manifesto The Manifesto. And I should I should say this is uh, to the extent to which uh, a day and a half's Googling will give me the accurate results. So apologies if this is inaccurate, but this is the best I could find. Uh, Fourth question. Which party offered a fair green future for Wales in 2007? And. The fifth and final question of this half, we the people has recently been claimed by Labour's radical federalism project. Remember that? That seems to have gone very quiet. Um, but who used it as a manifesto title in 2011? Hmm. Mm, yeah, it's not it's hmm. not as straightforward as you might think, is it? Um So what what has Labour promised to do for Wales? Standing their up manifesto? for Wales.
0: That's one. Standing up. Deliver. Oh, deliver? No, uh-uh. All right, ah. moving Wales forward. I don't know if there was some sort of trick there. Working the
3: very first, yeah, the very first Labour manifesto in ninety nine was the promise to working hard for Wales, and uh, in you know sticking with a the theme in two thousand and three they were working together for Wales before they started standing up for Wales, which was a natural thing. So there, so null point for anyone, that's disappointing. So whose manifesto title promised to abolish the Assembly in 2007? UKIP. UKIP it was. Abolish the Assembly and leave the EU. Remember those days when we were part of the EU. Uh, I like
1: consistent, I suppose. In (laughs) what
3: year were two of the main party manifestos just called the Welsh Assembly Manifesto? And I'll give you the extra one. The fringe party was the UKIP. Manifesto. So it wasn't... 2003? 2003. 2003. Oh my God! So in 2003, the Plaid Cymru and Conservative manifestos were apparently just called the Manifesto, as was the UKIP Manifesto.
1: Mm. It's remarkable. It's good branding. Minimalism. Amazing. That's the way to go forward. (laughs) Which
3: (laughs) party offered a fair green future for Wales in 2007? Plaid. Plaid? Lib Dem? Boom! The former Lib Dem gets the Lib Dem answer <laughs> oh. correct. Well done, Bob. Yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, we the People. Who well, I thought used it was Lib Dems, but as I don't
0: think it is. a manifesto
1: title in 2011?
4: I put Lib Dems.
1: I think Conservative, because they're, they're obsessed with American politics. No offence. Uh, go oh
3: my God, you guys are all so disappointing. It was UKIP. It was UKIP again. And And can I just say... In the history of Wales, the best manifesto title. This was going to be my bone... You know, if this was close, and it isn't. Mm.
1: Well, I, saw, I suppose it is. Who's got the most score? What's the score? I've got none. Uh, I've got two. Two, Bob? Uh, i got... How many points did you get for the first question? One. Oh. Mm, One none. question. One, One two, two.
3: Two. So, oh, well, we kind of got a tie. But my tie-break would have been, what is the best manifesto title that has ever existed? And it is won by UKIP, you'll love this. I mean, it's packed full of sexual imagery. It's amazing. You curious? Go on. Go on. <laughs> Raising the Dragon. Nice. Wow. That is a, that is a manifesto title and a half. Um, <laughs> that was uh, UKIP in 2016. Oh,
4: right, that's okay. That's a film.
1: Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> Neil and Christina Hamilton. <laughs> right, go on. Oh, I feel like I need to wash before we getting the next one.
0: Um, right, five first more Senate.
3: questions. This first Senate. So this is, I mean, this is ancient history right now. Um, but I think one of the things that's easy to forget is quite how different elections were in that first that first uh, Senate. So, first question: Only two parties kept all of their deposits for the constituencies in 1999. Who were they? Uh, Second question, how many Greens stood in constituencies in 1999? And to the nearest thousand, how many votes did they get? So none isn't the answer to that one then. (laughs) Oh yeah, I didn't think that through, did I? (laughs) Oh yeah, after the then Big Four, which party stood in the most number of constituencies in 1999? And if any of you get that, I will be blown away most number of constituencies so this isn't the regional list that we're just talking about constituencies Uh, oh in the result of 1999 the liberal democrats recorded the highest number of assembly members how many was it and how did that compare with future elections uh last question labor won in 1999 as many regional seats as the conservatives did win constituency seats. So Labour won as many regional seats as the Conservatives won constituency seats. How many was that?
1: 99. And not as,
3: 99. it's not as easy as you think, is it? I mean, 1999, the first ever Senate election in the digital age as well. And we have no memory of it whatsoever. And I have a great bonus question, which is really surprising as well. But anyway, right, let's go back and see how we're doing. Question one, well, question six. Yeah. Uh, so only two parties kept all of their deposits in constituencies in 1999. Who were they?
0: Labour implied. Boom. Conservatives oh,
3: lost nice. their deposits in three constituencies in 1999. It was a terrible time to be Conservative in Wales. How many Greens stood in constituencies in 1999? And how many votes did they get cumulatively to the nearest thousand?
1: Oh, I got three.
0: 49,000. I went wow. 5 what? and
4: 8000. I put you... 4 and 2000.
1: 3 and 5000.
3: You are all very kind to the greens. There was oh. one green and they got 1000 votes.
1: Oh. Where do they stand?
3: <laughs> uh I cannot tell you. I do not have that information available.
1: Did they keep the deposit?
0: No, uh, I don't. sounds it. Uh
3: no, they did not. Uh uh no. They got, yes, no, oh, they didn't. Well. Um, uh, so after the then Big Four, which party stood in the most number of constituencies, again, thinking constituencies, not regional lists, in 1999? And I, I'm so confident that none of you will get this.
1: I'm willing, to, I'm
3: willing to bet you a repeat uh, repeat appearance on the Heroic
1: Party.
3: Socialist Labour.
1: Nope. The Trade Union Socialist Coalition.
3: You're dancing around the right area, but you're... Communist? not a
4: Communist no. Party.
3: Nope. No, no It was the United Socialists. So you're very close, uh, but the United Socialists. They stood in nine constituencies and lost nine deposits, obviously. Oh. In
1: 1999,
3: the Liberal Democrats recorded their joint highest number of uh, Assembly members. How many was this and how does this compare to the future elections? It's surprising, this, because it's so so consistent until 2016. Was it
0: seven and uh, was it seven I and then it they seven. dropped it? Any other offers folks? You're six. Oh, uh, six isn't it, six and then they drop in 2016. Six. So they, they had drop. six in 1999,
3: six in 2003, six in 2007, five in 2011 and then one obviously in 2016. And the last question, Labour won as many regional seats in 1999 as the Conservatives did constituency seats. How many?
0: One. Mid and West Wales, Alan Michael, Monmouthshire, or Monmouth Conservative. Oh, I said I would guess two, but that sounds... I like Matt's answer. <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, we're a revisionist. Uh, You've got to put... Come on, come on, Mark. You're, uh, you're not one for uh, couching your opinions on things. Go on. What was no, I said call? two. Two. You said two. OK. It was one. You're correct, okay.
1: Max, 100% so. Alan Michael on a list. Did he stand? Yes. C- yes, because he was MP well.
0: for Cardiff South and Panath. Ah. But um, double he, he applied too late to be the candidate for Cardiff South and Penarth, So had to He's wait for the... To the what, told to apply too
3: late is what... Told to apply too late. Then he got
2: Quite on right. the list. Then he
0: got mm-hmm. on the list.
3: Okay, here's here's this is what, what if I don't know how we did how did we do in scores there, folks? Out of the ten, who won?
4: I, I I did as well as we would probably do if we had a formal entry into the European
1: Divisional <laughs> Conference. And on I, vocals. Got okay, I got nil Okay, I four I've, points overall. Got two on that one, <laughs> mm. and me
0: and Bob tied.
3: Well. Is this, is this is this genuinely a tiebreak round? So I get to ask my tiebreak question. I'm so four excited out of four
0: this. out of ten. I got yeah. Bring it. Okay. Now it's
3: Matt. I'm I'm well into it. Come on. <laughs> okay. The, na- the Natural Law Party had more regional list votes than the United Socialists and Communists. But who had more than them outside of the Big Four? Who vote- Who got more regional list votes than the Natural Law P- Party apart from Labour, Plaid, Conservatives, and the Dems? And I'll give you a clue. There's two, Greens. Greens is one, and the Christian uh, Party. You've
0: already said it once. Oh, uh, Socialist Labour communists.
3: Yeah, Socialist Labour. Correct. So you managed to even draw the speed rate, which <laughs> I think
0: is very impressive yeah. and a wonderful way to end. Yeah. Well, I have. What's
4: slightly, what's slightly worrying is I've now got to go and do a quiz.
0: So as Emma's got to rush off to a quiz, I'm going to ask that one question, and we'll go. What are your predictions for the election? What does everyone think will happen? Emma?
4: Oh, um, I, I don't know on specific numbers, but I, I suspect that there might be a coalition between um, Labour and Plaid at the end of it all. Um, who will be the first minister? Who knows? That's, that's yet to be duked out. Uh, yeah, that's my prediction.
2: Uh, Mark? I don't think Labour will get over the line, and I think they'll need the support of Plaid Cymru. Bob,
1: uh, same as Mark, but I don't think that support would be a coalition.
0: Well, me and Rich have got uh, one pod together at least before we make our final predictions, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know how you feel at the minute, Rich. oh uh, for, for just for completeness, I'll say that I think it's I think the thing that is going to happen is uh,
3: that it will be a Labour government with uh, a, a single Lib Dem. It'll be a continuity of what we have now. Um, it's not what I would like to see. As you well know, I'm a massive advocate of uh, some kind of one Wales two um, agreement, um, but that's not gonna happen. I think it's gonna be Labour plus a Lib Dem. How about you, Matt?
0: I am in two minds completely. I think there's definitely a very significant chance that what you've just said is, is happening and it forms the next government. But I also think there's a real chance that uh, Labour lose a couple of the seats they lost um, in the 2019 general election, and it's too difficult to govern with just a single Lib Dem, so they require uh, the support of, like, in some way or another, whether that is coalition or compact.
2: Do you honestly think that the Lib Dems are going to win a seat? Because yeah. I, I... In Bracken and Radnorshire?
0: Or, or, or regional, well, the list, or the, or the regional list. Yeah. It be you one know. or the other. Massively, massively, massively I depends.
1: If they lose Brecken and Radner, then abolished lost their seat on the list.
0: Well, it depends massively whether the Lib Dem vote holds up, I suppose. You could make yeah. the argument that they're actually they've gone back so far since twenty sixteen. You know, in Keradigion, a uh, Friend of the party Amanda Jenner came second in the general election, actually, where you know, they've 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 held that seat for for a long time before. Um it, it, as a you know, as Amanda Jenner as a Conservative came second. So, And there's other seats where they are further behind now in B&R uh, and in Montgomery than they were previously. So, you know, it's a big gamble to say they will even hit that threshold wow. whereby they would get that last list seat. Behind
3: oh, the, Greens the Greens as
0: well, of course, in, the, in all the of polls course, and yeah. the regional. Yeah, the Greens. As well. So you may get yeah. Emily Durant, but I don't know whether you'll get Jane Dodds.
4: I, I think we'll get a Lib Dem regional seat in mid Wales if Bill loses to James.
0: Do you think Bill, Bill as the candidate, is sort of a good enough candidate that he can drive up the Liberal vote?
4: I, I think he's very popular locally. I think he's very well respected locally. I, I think there was a huge personal Kirsty vote uh, in BNR. And, and I also know that James, you know, James is a local lad. He's very well respected, um, particularly amongst the farming communities. You know, he's a business owner. He's been on Paris County Council cabinet, but we won't hold that against him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think that I think that's going to be really decisive. I think that being our seat will be really decisive, both in terms of the of the constituency and how it impacts on the list, um, and whether mm. you get that one Lib Dem to, to prop up Labour again or not. Really.
0: Right. On that note, I think we're gonna we're gonna try and draw this to a close. But thank you all so much for for coming to talk to us. If people want to find you on social media on Twitter, where can they find you, Emma? Do you want to start?
4: Uh, Yeah, so it's uh, at Real Wild.
0: Wonderful, thank you very much, Bob. At uh, R O Lloyd Seven, Mark. I don't do Twitter. (laughs) Fourth time you've done that joke, but I'll I'll, I'll, keep. You're at Mark J Hooper, aren't you? Wonderful. Um, So yes, Uh, Rich, where are you? Uh, At Mimosa Camry, and yourself, Mats. Uh, at Hexter H X T E R one oh one. Um, thank you so much for watching along with us today. If you could like and subscribe, alternatively, If you can find us on Medium at Here I Blog Cymru, on Facebook at Here I Blog Cymru, on TikTok at Here I Blog and on Twitter at Here I Blog. Thank you very much, and see you all soon. Thank you for listening to Here If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.